This is the Frogcast. Welcome to the Frogcast. We are ready to rock and roll and talk a little recruiting for 2018 and 2019. We recorded a show Sunday night, and then we lost it, and we're ready to get you updated because we've had a lot of stuff, good stuff happen since then. So here we are in the middle of the week, ready to uh, talk about some recruiting, talk about some basketball, that and a whole lot of stuff on this episode of the Frogcast. Well, guys, with with Daniel and Jeremy, as we're here, I, we've uh, we're ready to just run right into this. So I'm hoping the week this whole thing records. Technical issues kind of tick me off. So let's just go ahead and get to the straight to the to the core of this. Jeremy, Wyatt Harris committed. You expected that maybe this weekend, but now it's real. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Well, he had been looking at TCU for a while. Of course, he comes from a TCU family. His two older brothers, Wes and Hunter, are already on the roster. They're both offensive linemen. But this is one of those uh, recruits that we knew going in, if TCU offered, it was going to be a, a great chance the Frogs would get him. He grew up around TCU. Folks in Alito follow TCU more. And uh, it's really a dream come true for him, just like you said in the story I did with him. And uh what a uh, great way to, to pick up your second commit. And on uh, Tuesday night, they get the third commit with William Jones. And, I mean, it's, it's a good start to the class so far. You've got uh, three guys that are all in the DFW area. You talk uh, Gary talks about building that fence around DFW, and he's done a great job. He and his staff have done a great job keeping that fence around Fort Worth and Dallas so far. So, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is two really good uh, commits they've gotten the – last two days yeah so the frogs landed Wyatt Harris out of Alito one of the powerhouse programs as you said and then just this evening the frogs land another 2019 commit at a Mansfield summit tell us a little bit about um you know what what he is going to be able to bring to the table William Jones 5'10 165 listed as an athlete he's going to play cornerback it looks like tell us a little bit about his recruitment and what he's going to bring to the table for the frogs well, he's listed as an athlete, but he's more of a cornerback. If you watch his film, he makes a ton of plays as a cornerback. And I think he had six interceptions this past year, first-team all-district player. Uh, typical size for a TCU corner. He's five foot 10, 160, 165 pounds. And if people look back and uh, the past corners that have had success, like Jason uh, Verrett and Anthony Tejada, those guys weren't real big. But they used their athleticism and speed to uh, make plays. And the thing that uh, is really just sets him apart above some other guys uh, in this class, uh, as far as the 2019 recruits, is William is a, a very good track athlete. And that's one thing they look at when they look at these defensive players. Do they run track? And if they do run track, how fast are they? And if you look at Jones's time in the 200 last year, he had one of the best 200s in the state, ran a 21.24. And He's a really good long jumper, triple jumper, so you know he can go up and get those jump balls. Um, but, yeah, man, he's just uh, just a really talented athlete, and I think he'll continue uh, the tradition that TCU's had at cornerback for uh, talented athletes. 
Well, let's go three for three on recent commits. Not only do we have two 2019 kids that have committed here in consecutive days, we go back to this weekend at the Polynesian Bowl. 2018 commit out of Euless Trinity, one of the big strong programs in DFW. I'm going to try to get this right because I know our brother, our good friend Brian Estridge won't get it right every time. Isaiah Filikatonga, did I get it right? Defensive end out of Euless? Filikatonga, yeah. I mean, he's a, a talented player. He he was really getting looked at as a linebacker um, by a lot of programs early on in the process. And he was around 215, 220. And the guy's just blown up weight-wise. I think uh, one person told me he's up around – uh, 250 now and he's going to be a kid that's going to put his hand on the ground and uh, he's got a very very high motor most of those guys that come out of Euless Trinity always have a great motor and uh, he's got great instincts for the football makes a lot of plays if you watch his highlights he he's constantly on there making plays and that's one of the big needs they needed for this class they needed to find another defensive end um, someone that can go opposite side of O'Shawn Mathis and and they've got a good one in him and and uh, with his commitment, you're not going to see the frogs going after Tyree Wilson anymore. The kid out of West Rusk that's currently committed to A&M. Uh, Tyree was originally going to come in and, and uh, make an official visit to TCU this weekend, but TCU is no longer pursuing. So uh, the two guys that's going to end up for the defensive end for this class is O'Shawn Mathis and uh, Phila Katonga. We had two uh, guys that are uncommitted from the 2018 class that were in this last weekend. Simpson, a linebacker out of uh, suburban Houston, as well as our Darius Washington out of the Bossier Shreveport area. Give us a little insight about how their visit and went and where the Frogs stand in their commitment. Well, I think they stand uh, pretty good for both those players. I mean, both of them had good times on their official visits. I know Jacoby Simpson's going to go up and visit Texas Tech, I think, this upcoming weekend. Uh, and, and I've been hearing a little bit of rumblings that Texas A&M may be starting to look at them some more. They're really trying to find a linebacker uh, for their 2018 class. Uh, I, I don't know when he's going to announce yet. I think uh, the main thing for Jacoby is he wanted to at least compare the two programs between Texas Tech and, and TCU, compare Lubbock and Fort Worth. Now, I know that a lot of people listening to this podcasts are going to be like there's no comparison to Fort Worth and Lubbock come on kid but when you have a uh, when you have a prospect that really wants to thoroughly evaluate every opportunity he has um, I don't blame him for at least going out and, and seeing what's out there but um, TCU feels pretty good about it they've been on them pretty good the the guy that Gary Patterson went out and saw the very first prospect he went out and saw last Monday was Jacoby Simpson, and I think that showed an importance um, to him and how much TCU really wants him in the fold. Um, as far as Washington goes, it's still kind of up in the air. I think it, you, whatever you listen to, LSU, uh, taking them, dropping them, whatever they're doing, I don't feel like our Darius is going to be at LSU. That's not grand, groundbreaking news. I understand that. Um, the one thing that I will kind of put up on the table is I'm not sure if he's going to be at TCU either because they're still kind of evaluating what they're going to do at that position. I don't know if they're just going to solely take uh, one guy. And, and, and I know the guy that they're looking at is Derek Turner as well. Um, another guy is Nook Bradford um, out of San Antonio, a guy that they were 
on early in the process. That's that's more of an athlete, kind of like a Derek Kendrick type. Played running back, played safety for his high school, and he's a very talented player. Um, the one thing that concerns me with our Darius is uh, everyone else's concern, and that's a concern that a lot of people are going to have. He's he's five eight and he weighed in at one sixty three. Now, if you're Cavante Turpin and you're running drags across the middle getting covered by a linebacker and you've got four through speed that's great but when you're a safety and you're trying to tackle 225 230 pound running backs from oklahoma that might be a little bit of a concern so um right now i I think if tcu called him and said we want we want to have you he would commit on the spot but i think it's one of those situations where they're they're still trying to figure out what they want to do if that makes sense that does make sense. When you get down to the wire here, there's so many moving pieces about how many kids you can take and what position and who, who basically takes the, the offer that's on the table first. Looking forward to this next weekend. We're, we're coming down to the home stretch on the 2018 class. Who are the guys that we're going to see from 2018 that will be taking official visits this weekend? Well, the big guys on campus this weekend are going to be Keandre Coburn and, and uh, Vernon Jackson. Those are two guys that uh, – the Frogs have been pursuing pretty heavily. Zarnell Fitch has done a pretty good job as far as, uh, you know, keeping in their ears, keeping them warm, and, and they've been listening. I mean, obviously, Coburn is uh, one of those guys that he's been on for a long time, and it's it appears to be working with him. I, I, I'm not saying he's going to decommit from Texas and go to TCU, but at least he's listening. He was going to originally visit in December, uh, December 15th, but had to push it back, had an illness uh, with one of his relatives and his family, close relatives, so he had to push it back. And now, you know, since he didn't sign with Texas, he has an opportunity to go out and visit some schools, and TCU's been on the books for a couple of weeks now for him to come and see. But uh, I think it's pretty big for them to get him in this late in the process. I don't know if it's going to be enough to, to sway him away from uh, what Texas is doing and and uh, him being a part of that class. I think Texas class right now is in the top three. So sometimes uh, those, those recruits tend to follow each other, those highly rated recruits to kind of keep a class together. But it's important to get him on campus. And, and Vernon Jackson, another guy that is – he's committed to Alabama, didn't sign obviously – um, Zarnell Fitch has stayed in his ear pretty good and, and done a great job of recruiting him. I know I get a lot of questions on what is TCU recruiting him as? Are they looking at him as a defensive lineman? Are they looking at him as an H-back? The answer is they're looking at him as an athlete. They'll figure it out if they get him on campus, figure out where he fits in best. That's what TCU does best is evaluating kids and, and finding where they fit in best on offense or defense, wherever it may be. So uh, another kid coming into town is Casey Tucker, the Stanford transfer. They went out and visited him uh, earlier this week, or I think it might have been Sunday, a few days ago. And they uh, obviously had a chance to talk to him face-to-face, Gary Patterson and Chris Thompson, and uh, convinced him to come in for a uh, weekend visit. And it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I know uh, Texas feels pretty good about landing him, and Colorado is probably going to get an official visit from him. But I think TCU and, and Texas is going to be the last two for him uh, as far as where he's going to go. Uh, the other kid, uh, Mauro Jomo, is, uh, as I mentioned on Monday night, is going to take a midweek visit. Um, he won't be in this weekend. He's going to be down in Austin making an official visit to Texas. 
Um, but he's at some point he's going to make an official visit to TCU the following week, which I think that's big deal for him because TCU's basically got the last chance to convince him. I know he's going to take a trip up to Oregon. And I think the reason why he's taking that trip up to Oregon is because he kind of already told them the coaches, he would make the trip up there. And plus it's Oregon. I mean, kid gets to get out of Texas, go up to the Northwest and see how it is up there. It's beautiful up in that part of the country. So I don't blame him for going there, but uh, I really haven't heard anything about Oregon being in the mix. Um, the big thing is that, that kind of caught my attention is he was trying to decide between A&M, Miami and TCU uh, on where he wanted to take that fifth visit, which will be actually the fourth visit, but it's the fifth visit that um, he's going to take. Uh, as far as the number of schools, if that makes sense, he's, you know, for him to decide between Miami, Texas A&M and TCU and to choose TCU, that's pretty big. Of course, Houston's not that far from College Station, so he could always make the drive up unofficially to see the Aggies. But I think it's a, a pretty good deal for uh, uh, TCU to have a chance to kind of womb a little bit up in Fort Worth. And every indication I got last night is that he did a great job. Uh, I mean, the coaches did a great job. Gary Patterson, Zarnell Fitch did a great job as far as uh, getting in his ear and, and talking to him some more about TCU. They feel pretty good about their chances. Not not uh, 100%, but at least good enough to where uh, they think they've got a dog in the race. That's good information. You listen to this podcast to hear that stuff. Thanks for sharing that, Jeremy. A couple of other big uh, pieces of news I want to talk about. Um, you broke it on the site on Horn Frog Blitz. Uh, looks like Coach Looper is not going to be uh, taking a job with the Cleveland Browns. He's going to stay in Fort Worth, and he's going to stay there. Uh, one of the guys that really is connected to that that I'm curious about, and I had a lot of questions about this on the board, so let me get this up there. Uh, where do the Frogs stand with Corbin, the running back, to, out of uh, Florida? And I know he and Looper have a, a close connection. What, where, where are the Frogs at with him? Well, uh, I, I think he's going to end up at Florida State. I know TCU's done a great job recruiting him. I know Looper went down there to see him again. And the only reason TCU's in the race right now is because of Looper and, and the fact that he's going to be staying put in Fort Worth and, and continue to be the Frogs running back coach is uh, pretty important. But he's going to be visiting A&M this weekend. And uh, I know a and is one of those teams that is honestly a team to watch out for because when he was committed to Florida State, guess who the head coach was that down there at the time it was Jimbo Fisher so he has a uh, relationship with a lot of those coaches for the Aggies right now and uh, uh, you know they'll be interesting to watch they offered after TCU had offered and and uh, obviously after Jimbo Fisher got the job down there at A&M but it's going to be interesting I I personally think he's going to stay close to home Willie Taggart is a excellent recruiter and and the fact that he's down at Florida State now is just going to be even better for the Seminoles but uh I think Corbin's going to stay close to home and, and recommit to Florida State. Well, that's a lot about 2018. I know we started with our two commits from the 2019 class, but let's loop back to that. 2019 class, we had a lot of guys on campus. It wasn't a junior day. You're going to tell us a little bit about that, but there was a select group of recruits from the 2019 class that were on campus this last weekend. Take us inside some of the guys that we haven't talked about yet that the Frogs are getting serious attention to. Well, as you mentioned, it wasn't really a junior day. It was more of a, uh, a priority day, uh, just inviting some guys up there that they consider high priorities for the 2019 class. And 
And uh, obviously, we've already talked about Wyatt and William Jones a little bit. Donovan Collins, the other commit, the first commit for the Frogs 19 class was up there. Um, there were some big names up there. Grant Gunnell was up there. He's obviously one of the top players in the country, the number two pro-style quarterback in the country. And, and I'm going to get it out here right now. So, so, so A&M fans or TC fans, they want to argue at the cubicle or whatever. Um, Grant's not just looking at TCU because – of the coaching change down at A&M. Sonny Cumbia has done a great job recruiting not only Grant, but uh, his dad and, and really the entire family. They've had that relationship built since Grant was a freshman at St. Pius. And uh, TCU was one of the first programs to offer. And they've stayed on them. And the fact that they do have a coaching change at A&M probably does help a little bit. But I could tell you right now, that wasn't the only reason. And of course, Grant was in town. They had a, a Ford Tough banquet, so he was already in town. But he was coming up to TCU anyway. Let's let's be brutally honest. He was coming up to TCU anyway. Um, he's listening to TCU right now. And I think it's only a matter of time before you start to see uh, more of these uh, visits coming up for Grant. Because I, everyone I've talked to out of uh, College Station, whoever covers A&M, all feel that he's probably going to start wavering in his commitment a little bit just to look around, just to make sure um, he is absolutely making the right decision. Now, the one thing that does bode well for A&M is that Florida state was one of his uh, favorites as well before he committed to A&M. And obviously Jimbo Fisher was down at Florida state at the time, but uh, the fact that, and I'll tell the story because a lot of people probably won't believe this um, what I'm saying, but, I remember even last, I think it was spring when they had the prime 21 camp and I had a visit with Grant's dad and talked to him. And he even mentioned back then that Sonny Cumbie was not stopping his recruitment for Grant. And they appreciated that. And, and he spoke volumes about uh, Sonny while we were out there. And, and you could just tell the relationship is genuine between um, Sonny and the family. And, and I think this is going to be one of those situations where Grant will seriously be considering TCU for a long time. Now you have the top quarterback and, and you know, he, it, it was funny because they had these, these uh, priority list of kids up there, but uh, a few people I talked to, and there wasn't any jealousy. Let's, let's get this straight. It wasn't any jealousy. Um, but it, it was obvious from, from talking to some of the families that they were showing Grant a little bit more attention and that. And that's, that's common. He's, he's a quarterback. You want to, you want to start the foundation. They would have done the same thing with Justin Rogers last year, showing him maybe a little bit more attention, maybe rolling out the red carpet. But, um, I do know that the coaches did a, a fantastic job staying on them and, and just, um, continuing to build that relationship even stronger. And, and, uh, you know, they made, they made a good impact on them. So we'll see how it goes, but as a quarterback and I'm rambling here, you guys know, I will ramble. Um, you got to have good receivers to throw to. You got to you got to have good receivers to throw to. And, and hey, Jeremy, yeah. tell us about the wide receivers. I'm going to tell you about the wide receivers right now. <laughs> so, so Go had, for it, buddy. I yeah, you had it. Garrett Wilson and and uh, and uh, uh, Dylan Rod up there, and those are just two of the better receivers in and not only the state of Texas but the entire nation. I mean, Garrett Wilson is. He's rated as the number over uh, number 94 overall player at the moment, but I think he's going to go up even higher. Uh, he just had a, a freakish 2017 season. He had not 98 catches, uh, I think close to 1,800 yards and almost 30 touchdowns receiving, and that's just phenomenal. And 
he just had a great, great time. Just like Grant, the coaches did a great job uh, going out there and, and really showing him some attention, showing how much uh, of a need he is for the class. They're only going to take one or two receivers. I, I I can't be adamant enough when I say that. I know everyone's going to say, well, yeah, you say something, but it always changes. Yeah, a lot of stuff always changes. Um, but they only lose three receivers this class. I mean, I, 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 the graduating class. They only lose Turpin, Austin, and, and uh, Stewart. So there's not going to be a, a huge need, especially after you bring in six or seven, and they've already moved Nigel Meeking, uh, who was a, a 2017 signing. He was – at linebacker originally now he's playing receiver so you basically add another recruit to that group of receivers so receiver's not going to be a high priority in this class but i could promise you as far as overall priorities wilson and Wright are definitely two of those guys and uh the the good thing about uh garrett is he has a great relationship with glasgow uh Glasgow's done a great job getting out early, uh, recruiting Garrett. He was one of the first coaches on him. I mean, he started kind of recruiting him basically as a freshman. And I think TCU was the third or fourth team that extended an offer to him. And another good thing is, is uh, for you Frog fans uh, that remember Curtis Clay, Curtis Clay is his receivers coach down at Lake Travis. So that's a pretty good connection to have. And, uh, if Garrett ever has to ask anything about TCU, he's got a pretty good uh, person to uh, ask questions to not far away. And, you know, obviously I think Curtis is the type of guy that will not steer the kid toward TCU and just kind of let him make his decisions. But Curtis will also speak volumes about TCU because he uh, he's such a great success story. Former walk-on, does great things. And, and I think a lot of TCU fans remember um, the kind of impact Curtis had. So I, I'm sure he'll – talk about TCU in a, in a good light to Garrett and Wright. I mean, this kid, if you've seen his pictures, everyone kind of talked about uh, how he was just physically the most impressive kid there Saturday. And just when I say the EBT, I'm talking about the eyeball test. And when you have a kid that walks in a room and just stops everything, everyone stops what they're doing to, to try to figure out who the heck this kid is. This story is because uh, Wright, and his family were about 20 to 30 minutes late and they all went into the team meeting room and everything was going on already. But when they walked in, jaws kind of dropped and they were trying to figure out who in the world is this kid and what college is he transferring from? People are, he's, he's already looking like a 22, 23 year old kid. And, uh, the, the, the comparisons I, I got was he looks like Omar Manning, but he looks about two, two inches taller than Omar. And uh, that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good comparison right there as far as uh, body types because I mean if you look at his picture on Twitter you can tell the dude is uh, pretty swelled up and uh, he's a great talent I mean he is a guy that came out of virtually nowhere this time of year last year he really didn't have a whole lot of recruiting interest kind of under, under the radar was a old quarterback switched to receiver really came onto the scene uh, during the uh, pylon seven-on-seven tournaments, and TCU got on him early enough. And uh, the good thing with uh, Wright is he's he and his family have a great connection to Zarnell Fitch and the Ragers. They, uh, he and Monte are great friends, and uh, uh, Jalen, Jalen and Dylan are great friends. So it's, it's a uh, positive thing right now for the Frogs. And, and he told me the other day after the visit that TCU is – undoubtedly his number one school right now. 
I love hearing about all of that um, potential firepower on the offensive side of the ball. The guy I want to hear about is Hunter Spears, defensive lineman out of Saxe. Tell us about his um, interest in TCU. Well, he is a he is a great kid. I mean, the first thing I want to say about uh, Hunter Spears is he is just a great, great kid. I mean, he is one of my favorite kids out of this class. High character kid. Um, would re- he's going to represent whatever school he goes to. He's going to represent them well. Uh, as far as a player, it, it's pretty good when you can play your freshman and sophomore year and completely miss your junior season and still receive a ton of offers. And that's what Hunter did. Hunter didn't play at all last year because he hurt his knee. And uh, I believe it was at the rivals camp um, doing one-on-one drills. He messed up his knee. So he completely wiped out his entire junior season, but he had enough good film from his freshman and sophomore years that teams are, were still pursuing. And obviously TCU is one of those uh, teams and, Jeff, last year, last summer, you and I were up at the camp, and, and he just kind of hung out all day at the camp, didn't do any kind of workouts, of course, and uh, just had a chance to go up there and build relationships with Dan Sharp and, and some of the other coaches on the staff, and and he just loves everything about TCU. He went over there Saturday and, and uh, was blown away uh, with the attention he got, and every recruit I've talked to always mentioned the family aspect of it. They, they really sold – uh, family a lot and that's one thing that really impresses uh hunter because he he's uh, like i said great character kid and, and he likes to be a part of that situation so um frogs are definitely in the mix he told me they're in the top three right now and uh i i, I hope um that the frogs have good luck landing him because i just think he would be a, a great representative of uh tcu yeah, he's a great athlete and seems like a great kid. So I, that's the kind of guy that's going to fit in really well at, our, at the program. One of the other things that you hear on message boards and Twitter and such and um, on Facebook pages for fans that follow TCU is, man, we need another kicker on scholarship and we need one now. Caden Davis um, was on campus with this elite uh, invitation group this last Saturday from the 2019 class. Tell us a little bit about his story and where the Frogs stand and landing him as a commit. Well, that's pretty funny because when he was up there, um, the, people were trying to figure out who the white receiver was um, because he doesn't look like a kicker. He's 6'1", 6'2", almost 190 pounds. And that kind of reminds you of someone else TCU had a few years ago, Jaden Obercrome, because Jaden was a 6'3 kid about 175, 180, and just a booming leg, and that's what Caden has. Caden is uh, definitely uh, one of the uh, stronger kickers in the state. Um, hit a 51-yard field goal last year as a junior, and, and I was kind of surprised that he didn't get an offer, but I, the way he talked to me, he feels that an offer is going to be coming in the spring once they get to see him kick a little bit more in person. But I could tell you right now, for him to be part of that group, uh, on Saturday, he is their top priority at uh, TCU right now. He's currently committed to A&M, but the funny thing about that is is he was offered and he committed basically during the time someone was going through the whole uh, rumor mill, he's not going to coach and Jimbo Fisher's going to coach. Well, they went ahead and took the commitment. Someone took the commitment basically knowing that he wasn't going to be the coach. So the new staff, Jimbo Fisher and his new staff, really haven't been talking to Caden Davis and his family at all. So they don't know what's going on as far as where they sit with the Aggies. It wouldn't surprise me if they end up decommitting pretty soon unless 
the the new coaching staff gets in there and starts talking to them more. But I know TCU impressed them pretty heavily. Uh, again, uh, the family aspect and and it was funny. One of the one of the lines that he gave me is he he thinks TCU is a really good program. Uh, has a great offense and great defense, and thinks they could be a great program once they get special teams going. And uh, he wasn't meaning that as a slot to any uh, current player or anything, but I, I think it, uh, it speaks well to, to his abilities, and I think he's right. I think uh, if you can get a guy like that that's kind of like I mean, he's the number two kicker in the country, so um, that's one thing that they've been sorely lacking since Obercrome left. It, Two years ago, three years ago, we didn't. No one had to worry about uh, whether or not Jaden was going to make a uh, field goal if it was forty yards or fifty-five yards. No one really fretted about it, and and now it's just you don't know if they're going to make extra points. So getting a guy like Caden Davis on campus is uh, pretty big. One of the twenty nineteen athletes and prospects that I think a lot of Frog fans are hoping will get on campus um, in the next time that they you know welcome young guys onto the campus for a weekend to take a look at the program is TCU legacy Cam Brown. He has been committed to UCLA. I know a lot of guys that follow recruiting like we do were kind of shocked when he committed to UCLA because just like someone was on the hot seat, I think we all knew Mora was on the hot seat as well. And Cam Brown is decommitted this evening. This is breaking news from UCLA. Do you think the Frogs are going to get into the picture here at all? And I know this just kind of unfolded here in the last hour and a half, but where do you think the Frogs might be in being able to catch the interest of Cam Brown? Well, I mean, the, I think they'll show interest, obviously, and uh, I don't think he's one of their top two choices. Uh, I think if Cam Brown tried to call and commit to TCU, um, they probably wouldn't take it right now just because they want to see what the other two are going to do first. Um, but Cam was actually at one of the games this year. I want to say it was – maybe the SMU game earlier this year. I saw him on the field and, and uh, he was there with Larry and obviously everyone knows Larry's kid, TCU legacy. And, and uh, Cam always spoke pretty good about TCU. I think uh, again, another, another recruit that has a great relationship with Sonny and, and uh, now obviously a very, very talented kid, one of the, the top receivers in the state and obviously the nation. And, and I could see them, pursuing him if they don't have much success recruiting Garrett Wilson because they're kind of similar is in uh, the same body types uh, cam is not as thick as uh, Garrett is but he's he's got decent height he's 511 six foot and man he can just fly I mean he just he is just a great great receiver great cuts catches basically everything and and uh, I could see them at least reaching out to him and keeping him warm um, but I, I know right now those other two are, are the top guys. Anybody else that was on campus this last weekend from 2018 or 2019 that you think our listeners would be interested in knowing about? I know we get some good tidbits on the podcast that don't always make their way into a story or on the message board, but anything else you want to share with us? Well, I mean, the Jason Gold kid is a, another prospect that they – really have a you know a, a high expectation for uh they were one of the first they were the first power five um program to offer him and, and they're really really high on him he's 6'3 250 right now and they can basically play him outside as a defensive end or inside as a three tech and uh he's another kid that really liked the campus and i know i've got him uh as one of the guys that i think could commit early um but i'm not sure how long 
he's going to draw out the process, but TCU really did make an impact with him. And I think they're, they're in obviously great position right now. He is going to visit Texas, uh, not this upcoming weekend, but I think February 3rd. And uh, we'll see how it goes there. I, I think Texas is probably going to move on him pretty quick as well because this kid, once everyone sees his film, is going to start generating a lot more interest. But, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one of their top guys. And another lineman that they had on campus that, that didn't get off an offer is T.J. Franklin. He's 6'6", 260. Uh, another defensive tackle prospect. I know he plays in for Temple, but he's such a big kid right now. He's probably just going to keep getting bigger. When I see 6'6", 260, I think of, of an offensive lineman. This kid might grow up and, and turn into an offensive lineman if he doesn't watch out. So uh, just getting him on campus, he committed to Baylor. That's his only offer right now, but he's going to get he's going to generate more uh, more attention for sure. Okay, well, last question here. The, the, we opened it up on the board, and the two names mentioned the most that, that we haven't talked about yet, Colton Ellison, uh, 2019 out of Alito, and Aaron Brewell out of uh, the South Louisiana. Where are the Frogs at with both of them and anything our listeners would want to know about them? Uh, Colt is actually going to come up to TCU on Saturday, I believe. Uh, he didn't have a chance to make it out this past weekend. I think he had already had – uh, prior plans to go out and do some duck hunting with his father, and you can't blame him for that. It's a good time to get out there and have a little bonding time with your dad over some hunting. And uh, TCU knew about it, and they weren't holding it against him. But he's going to come up this uh, this weekend, and I'm not sure if he's going to be one of those kids that decides early, um, like Wyatt did. I think uh, obviously he's he's going to generate some more interest, and it it could be one of those situations where he kind of waits it out a little bit just to see what comes this way but um it could be one of those situations as well where the 2019 kids all gang up on them and tell them hey you need to take this opportunity while you have it especially Wyatt because Wyatt is basically going to be in his ear every day he's going to see him in the locker room he's going to see him in the hallways at Alito High School and uh obviously uh the best uh, thing for TCU right now is having Wyatt because Wyatt basically is going to, you know, take the recruiting process like his older brother Wes did. And if anyone remembers how Wes and Sean Robinson really just took over that 2017 class, just the way they reached out to everyone, they see a TCU offer, they're reaching out to them, talking good about TCU and telling them to be part of the family. And I think Wyatt's going to kind of take those reins for this class and, and see how it goes. Anything Brule, about Aaron Brule? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, oh, uh, I know uh, it's all over the place. I mean, that's the only thing I could tell you. I mean, it's, it is really, really all over the place because one week it's TCU, and then the next week it's, it's uh, Oklahoma State. And then now if you look at what everyone's predicting, it's Arkansas. And it basically goes that way after every official visit. So I don't know if Aaron's telling people that this is my favorite school uh, after each visit and people just kind of gravitate toward those picks. Um, I do know TCU, as I mentioned on the board, they, they still feel pretty good about their chances. Um, I, I want to say that it's 30, 30, 30 right now between, uh, TCU, Oklahoma state and Arkansas that I don't really have a leader. My, my crystal ball would be foggy right now. I was told another school that, could definitely be in the mix as Mississippi State because they're they've been trying to get him uh, on campus for a long time and and 
few guys I've spoken with said if they if they get uh, him on campus, they feel the Bulldogs feel really good about it. So they have an in-home scheduled for tomorrow uh, with uh, Coach Patterson in Glasgow and and Anderson. So there's going to be three coaches there and see how it goes. Um, maybe he starts leaning toward TCU again after that visit, but. It's going to be one of those uh, prospects. We're probably not going to know where he's going till signing day or maybe just a few hours the night before. Well, folks, we could talk for hours on him here, but we're going to bring this to an end. We wanted to highlight 2018 and 2019 recruiting where we are at. Had a lot go on in the last couple of days. A lot of decommit. I mean, a lot of commitments. Uh, big Monday on campus. Frogs beat West Virginia. Looks like they're probably bounced back into the top twenty-five, especially if they can win at Vanderbilt on Saturday. It's a good time to be in Horton Frog, and we hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast. So for Daniel and for Jeremy, I'm Jeff Mitchell, and thanks so much for listening to the Frog Dad.